We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the Premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of Lee Castle. I am Chris McPherson and tonight I am joined by a man who's been involved in a number of clubs in the Newcastle Rugby League, the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League and the former iterations of those that came before them. Uh, he's at Waratah and South as a player. He's been involved with South and Lakes in coaching capacities. Katara, Williamtown, North Newcastle is... Uh, key there last year as their coach. Uh, he's still involved over at Lakes and he's the vice president of Lakes. He's also got some of the most dulcet tones there are for ground announcing. Tony Delaney, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Good afternoon, mate. By the sounds of that, I've had more clubs than Greg Norman. So, uh... Yeah, well, mate, there's, there's plenty of guys wandering around doing that. So, mate, uh, just, I've, I've known you for a fair few years through it and it's just been about carrying the passion around all those clubs and uh, doing what you can to continue the growth of the game. You've always been very passionate about it and we've had some long conversations made about footy over the years. Mate, absolutely, absolutely. It's been, uh, mate, it's been a great journey, actually, in making the transition, obviously, from you know, player coach and now administrator. It's, um, mate, the fun continues. Certainly does. And uh, as we said, you find yourself at uh, Lakes now, uh, in the, the back office staff, I suppose. But uh, you're still pretty heavily involved in all sorts of facets of the game there. Yeah, mate, absolutely, mate. So a little bit of the football department, a little bit of the administration of things as well, mate. It's a bit of a jack-of-all-trades. Um, Marley being the main assistant to Paul Jeffries there, who's been the president now for two years, and he's been fantastic for our club. And uh, a rural regeneration, obviously, since uh, Dean Newman moved on. And um, he's you know, continued over with Newcastle Knights in a welfare capacity. And PJ's brought some, um, some youth and enthusiasm. And uh, he definitely has taken to it, just like he did on the field, mate. So a uh, complete lunatic. But, um, He's been fantastic, mate. Keeping you on your toes a bit? Absolutely, mate. He's, uh, he, let's say he provides um, significant amounts of accountability from everyone, from the playing staff, night coaching staff, and even us uh, on the executives. So. Oh, okay. And obviously, Lake's in a, probably an interesting phase now with the fact that last year the Sporties closed down, who were always a long-term sponsor of the club. How has that affected the team? Well, mate, it's not just the team. I think it's the local community. You know, The, the Sporties itself was the heartbeat of that particular thing, whether it be for you know softball, baseball, Cricket, rugby league, you know, to the netball association, um, you know. So we had to find, obviously, you know, probably the biggest thing being different income streams for our club, and we've been able to do that with the fantastic support of our major sponsor, Jeff McCloy, at obviously McCloy Development, and also, you know, our great sponsors at Gilts Tavern, and also the Swansea RSL and Crew Property. So they've been our main finances. But uh, mate, even just from a facility point of view, for looking at game film and all that sort of thing, we've had to obviously make a separate arrangements for that. The biggest impact would have been financially, and that was a decision that was made right before kickoff last year. And we definitely had to scramble. And it was a real community effort to be able to be able to put a very good competitive team on the park last year, ensure that the players were paid. And um, but in the true Lakes United spirit, they came through and also you know got very close. It was about 15 minutes to go there. I thought we might have been lifting the trophy, but uh, it wasn't to be. And obviously, the uh, South Newcastle, the better team on the day, so it was a bit of sweet one for me. Obviously, I was happy to see South with it, but not the expense of Lakes United. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I have some fond memories from my uh, season at Lakes and also Southern Beaches had an affiliation when I played rugby union with them as well. So it's been a great club there, Sporties, in terms of that. And very sad to see them uh, and their demise. But unfortunately, it seems to be the way of the world. There's a few of those smaller clubs that tend to be going by the wayside. And, you know, other corporate sponsors need to be found for numerous clubs. I mean, you know, you only look back to the days of a number of the clubs, you know, Waratah and the likes that had their leagues clubs even after the team was gone. And 
unfortunately, a lot of them are gone by the wayside. So, uh, well, if you are in a local community, get it there, support your local club that does, you know, keep those few clubs afloat and keep, oh. keep driving, driving behind those corporate sponsors that keep your local club up and up and around. Mate, I completely agree, mate. I often find myself riding past the Leeds club and I feel almost compelled to go under the TAB and maybe grind just a, a bet on something, mate, you know what I mean? So I'm doing my very best there in that capacity. Yeah, you and me both. And most of mine are losers, so I'm donating good portions. <laughs> Might jump into the footy, mate. We might start with the Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League competition, as we touched on, that you've uh, had some affiliations with in different, yeah, different uh, grades along the way. And we might have a look back at the A-grade results from last week. And we'll start with the uh, Anzac Eve clash. I was uh, fortunate enough to be out there at Dudley and covering the game for Bar TV Sports. And Dudley put on a real show, running at 40-24 to 24 winners over Waratah. And what was probably a little bit of an upset for many, I certainly thought Waratah might uh, get home there. But Dudley always step up for that Anzac Eve occasion. Yeah, look, I think that, um, you know, I think you probably haven't seen the best of Waratah Mayfield just yet. Obviously, that you know, they've recruited well, obviously, you know, bringing Dwayne Sampson over from South Newcastle and some of the core of that open grade team that had success under Les Rodimer for a number of years. I think Dudley's a little bit more established, um, and particularly maybe some older thinking, particularly in the halves there with the likes of Nathan, Nathan Tuckerman and those guys as well, and some good leadership up front from, you know, obviously the big fella who uh, was in here a few weeks ago, Mr. Collins. Yeah, no, but, that's, uh, it was interesting. He wasn't in action, but his brother Terry certainly did a lot of the heavy lifting, and uh, he's very dangerous. Terry's a big frame guy. He's played a bit of first grade at Central, and you know, you've got him running out wide uh, against some of these, uh, I guess, younger pups in the, in the second division, and he does some damage. Yeah, I think mate, that that's um, obviously. I think Dudley have got a good mix there with you know youth and experience. I think that's pretty critical, you know, because I see there's some very talented um, sides out there, but. Without that, just that game management you get from all the players and, and particularly all the forwards as well. I really, that seems to be a key to success for a lot of that. And I think, you know, when I think of the teams that I haven't had success with, quite often their young teams are just going together. And um, I think that obviously now Waitama Mayfield, uh, I wouldn't discount them at this stage of the year, but um, I can't say I was surprised by that result. But I think the Dudley just only hit their straps now after probably what was a bit of an inconsistent start for them to the year. Yeah, lovely. In other results, uh, we had Cardiff. They ran out winners 42-28 over Shortland after trailing in uh, what's probably a battle of two of the sides that uh, don't have the highest of expectations about them. Shortland obviously reforming this year after losing pretty much everyone from their premiership side last year. So um, I'd certainly think they'll be heavily under the focus of the regraders uh, as this weekend proceeds. And I think I'll be right to say that Jaden Tung's coaching Shortland. He is co-coaching. Mate, you know when you've been around too long, Jaden Tung's my ball at South Newcastle when I was playing, so... He was about six years old and had no front teeth at the time, so uh, you know he probably been around the game too long. But he's doing that, mate. But uh, yeah, look, I mean Cardiff perennial, you know, tend, tend to be strong, don't they? You know what I mean? They've always had great depth. Generally, keep two grades as well. Shortland just rebuilding. Um, I haven't actually seen Shortland this year, but um, you know, I think that also, I mean, like we spoke before, the experience of some of the players at Cardiff had um, obviously would play part in that result. Um, you know, one of the things I'd say that you know, even for some of these teams, looking at some of these results lately. I found, you know, from a coaching perspective, most of the teams that win the A grade, they generally tend to concede around about, you know, six and a half points per game if you're going to win the A grade premiership. And I see some pretty lopsided scores there. So I'd imagine the coach is really thinking, you know, where they're at defensively and what changes they need to make, particularly in the coming that really difficult period where, you know, June, July period where things are cold, injuries start to happen. You've really got to tighten up what you do. And um, no doubt some of the coaches will be looking to address that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, also, on the weekend on Saturday, Belmont South made the trip up to Fingal Bay. These two sides, both ones that were very much in the premiership conversation. And uh, Belmont South, I know they had a couple of players out of action uh, from catching up with Aaron Morris earlier in the week. But uh, Fingal Bay, they're looking like a really classy outfit. Uh, they've got a young bloke, or not so young bloke, Evander Waitawa, who's come up from Asquith. Uh, and he's been really key playing in the halves for them. He's a, a nuggety-bodied 5'8", and 
strong in the line, gets the arm free when he does take the ball into contact, but can play very quickly and well before the line as well, so create some options for them. Mate, always a difficult spot to try and go up there, you know, as an opposition side finger play, though Tenny gets a good crowd in out there as well. Um, short in goals, always a fast track. Uh, Belmont South, I, uh, I'm not sure if maybe the groove in the middle effect might have, uh, might have potentially been a feature, but uh, that can happen at this time of the year in the, in the Newcastle Hunter Ivy League. Um, mate, Fingal Bay obviously continuing on their success from last season, so I think they'll obviously be you know, there when it counts come September. Yeah, exactly right, and they have brought back some of those players from that 2017 B grade Premiership, and they'll be looking, uh, sorry, A grade Premiership, and they'll be looking to continue on from there. The other game, it uh, I, I managed to trudge over to Fred Harvey over on Saturday afternoon, and uh, it wasn't exactly the most enthralling of encounters, but the Woodbury boys, uh, when I caught up with Troy Graham during the week, they were talking maybe 14 players, they managed to rustle up a few, including managing to register two blokes who never played before. <laughs> who, put their hand, who put their hands up and, and acquitted themselves quite well against a very strong Dora Creek side that would be close to odds-on favourites for this competition. Uh, Dora Creek have signed a lot of players. They already had Brad Clark, who's an ex-Bulldogs top 25 squad member. You add in guys like Chris Marber and Theron Pearson who've played you know, second-tier rugby league for you know, sustained periods um, and a number of the other players they've got there. One of the other things that stands out for me is the leading try scorer in the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League is none other than Diamond Charlie, one of the best names there is, who's a prop. He's got six tries in three games. How good is that going? Oh, mate, look, he might have to give up his front row. I was licensed to continue for the record like that. But, I mean, when you're talking about the creativity of someone like Chris Malcolm in this grade, they're always going to be, you know, pretty difficult to beat. Woodbury, obviously, without, you know, key players. Um, and, obviously, again, the group and the mill effect there, I'd imagine I heard, uh, I caught the, the, the uh, podcast last week with Troy Graham. Uh, mate, 70 for the six, I think that's one of the ones that as a coach you just wipe away on that one and we look forward to next week and no doubt you'd expect to see a uh, improved showing from Woodbury. We certainly will and I, I think they'll build from that. It was great to see the uh, evergreen veteran Willie Palaio make a return for the Warriors. Um, so hopefully we can see a few more of their uh, gun players they had in 2018 come back out for the remainder of the 2019 season. But uh, that'll be another one that'll be under the microscope. Uh, for the regraders this week, so I believe the final regrading decision will be made after round four. Yeah, it's always a difficult one, I think, for um, Dave Wild and his committee in regards to regrades or the committee. I don't think that Dave stays out of those ones, but um, you know, we'll always get that effect where a couple of blokes, you know, before June 30 of uh, some high status that might be um, staying under radar having to register. And you know, so I, I think that all, really all they can do is look at the results and the way they've gone and try and make a decision around those. And uh, look, it's a difficult task for anyone. And, uh, now we entrust those guys and that community to make some good decisions for the game. And uh, it'll be interesting. And I'll be watching, uh, definitely watching with interest to see uh, the outcomes of that one. Yeah, 100%. We've obviously had some regrades, which we'll get into when we run through the lower grades in a moment. But um, the latter at the moment stands with Dora Creek and Fingal as the undefeated team. So I think they play in a couple of weeks' time up at Fingal. So that one will be a belter of a clash. I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, you then got Belmont South back on four. And then you've got a bunch of teams all with one win. So Waratah, Dudley, Cardiff and Woodbury. And then Shortland, the uh, winless side so far. In saying that, they've only got an average losing margin of just over 20 points, which isn't isn't the worst in this style of football. Mm. So this weekend, we have two Friday night fixtures, which uh, gives an opportunity for those of you who want to get out on Friday night. And we've got Belmont South hosting Dudley. That's For me, that's a match that we're in this A-grade comp next week. And uh, I think that'll certainly uh, show us a little bit more about these two sides. I have been told Belmont South will be down a couple of players. I believe they're missing their fullback and their 5'8". So... Uh, I'm, I'm tipping Aaron Morris to maybe play both those positions at the same time. Yeah. Oh, mate, look, I think this will be, this will be yeah, obviously, I think this would be, would be the game of the round, but with Belmont South tipping players, it's hard not to go past Dudley. Uh, I, I do like some of the things that Dudley have been doing. They do have depth on the bench. They've got also depth in positions, you know, where you've got 
players like Mitchell Saxton that obviously you know aren't starting the game, but they're also capable in utility positions. Um, you know, someone like Nathan Walters off the bench for them also, I think will be important. So, mate, despite the fact that Belmont South won't have a great affiliate, so I'd probably have to tip Dudley for this one. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know how the lighting is out at Lanning and Oval these days. Friday night at 7 o'clock, that could be interesting. Mate, it's 100 lux, so I think maybe. The lighting might be 100 lux if they uh, drink some of the sponsors' products. They might think it might get past 100 lux, but uh, I'd have to see it tested. Yeah, exactly. But Dudley will welcome back that man that we talked about, the Canadian import, Sam Collins, and also Cal Bray, who's a stalwart of their club and will be a great addition. Uh, I did watch Mitch Saxon go around last week. He played in the centres. He's one of the bigger boys' centres I've seen running around. So, But as you said, he's quite capable in a number of positions. And I'm going to lean to Dudley in this one with those outs for Belmont South. Uh, the fact that Scott Hartley's missing and he'll love the fact that I gave him a mention there uh, will be, will be <laughs> crucial for them. In the other clash on Friday night, this one's been shifted from Saturday due to oval availability. 7.30, we see Waratah take on Woodbury. Woodbury looking to bounce back from their drubbing last week. And Waratah will welcome back a couple of the, their big-bodied forwards that they missed against Dudley. Uh, and uh, captain coach Jason Barney will be looking to lead them round and uh, take them to the two points here and keep them in that finals conversation. Well, I think this will be a really tight one, actually. Uh, I think it's probably one of the more difficult games to tip in the round. Uh, look, I think that um, Waratah and Mayfield probably a little bit more experienced as a unit together. Um, it's going to be a pretty tight one, given the fact that this one's been moved to Waratah over, is that right? Yeah, also it's always been Waratah over, so they yeah. couldn't get a get round on Saturday. You did oh, okay, right, so. mate. Look at home. I'm probably going to tip the Cheetahs. Um, yeah, but it won't be. I don't think it'd be by a big margin. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cheetahs as well. Uh, the key man for them will, in my mind, will be Alia Romadzic, who uh, we did manage to catch up with last week after their game and just get a few thoughts on how they're tracking at the moment and how the season's looking. Joined by Waratah Lock, Alia Romadzic. Uh, mate, not the result you're looking for. Good finish of the game, but obviously disappointing to lose tonight. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we just got off to a bad start and, yeah... Credits to Dudley, they came out strong and a big day for them and they showed up. Certainly was. Uh, Anzac Eve, it's a bit of a tradition for them and they stepped up. Uh, you guys look like you were down a few numbers late in the game. Yeah, we've had a couple of injuries and uh, yeah, we trained a bit light, but there's no excuses. It's A grade, you've got to come and show up and yeah. A few positives towards the end there. Young Jackson Myers really stepped up in the last probably 10 or 15, bagged a double at the end there, so uh, a little bit of a shining light on what was probably a disappointing performance. Yeah, it is, and uh, credit to Jacko, he's been playing good. But, uh, yeah, we just got to start better. If we start better, then we can finish as well, and we'll get the win, but, yeah, that's the way it goes. Bit of a break now before the next game, mate. Uh, just back to the training paddock and uh, just work on things, get everyone back together and hopefully get a few more boys fit. Yeah, that's it, just trying to get everyone 100%. A couple of the boys had a couple of niggling injuries coming to the end of the game, so, yeah, just get back to the paddock and, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, always, mate. Uh, well, thank you very much for your time, and uh, good luck for the rest of you. Thank you. Yeah, Alia there from Waratah, certainly uh, looking at the positive slant on uh, how they finished the game last week and hope they'll have some additions back. So I think the Cheetahs will be too strong at home. Uh, we moved to Saturday, Tone and uh, Dora Creek, the uh, competition pace that as they host Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff looked like they took a little while to get out of the blocks last week against Shortland. Uh, can they do the job and upset the competition leaders? Oh, look, mate, I think it'd be... Oh, look, I think it's unlikely, you know, obviously. I think that Dora Creek, just like, look at the players they have available. Mate, their lineup is probably the premier lineup in the competition of any grade. Uh, I think the Dora Cricket would be far too though class Cardiff in this one. Yeah, I think so as well. Especially, you know, we touched on him just before, Chris Marlborough. Um, you know, coming off the bench for them at the moment as a as a utility. I mean, he can play anywhere in that spine. He's also big enough body that he can play lock on a bit of back row for you. So um, I can see the reasoning behind it. But when you've got a New South Wales Cup experienced player and you know not just one or two games either. 
uh, coming off the bench in A grade. Certainly uh, not looking too shabby. Uh, the final match of the round sees the Shortland Devils host Fingal Bay out at Tuxford Park. Uh, now, I played there a couple of times out at Tuxford Park, and it's not the most welcoming of venues. They generally get a pretty good crowd down there, and uh, it's got a bit of feeling when you get there, and it's normally, uh, well, a couple of times I played there, it was rock hard as well. So the Bombies will have their work cut out for them, but uh, they've been really strong, as I said. Evander Waitau has been a stand-up for them. Their captain coach, uh, Bowell, up front. They've got a great rotation of forwards. I went and watched them play Dudley the other week, and their forward pack, like you looked at the bench and you went, oh, these guys are going to be you know, a little bit of plotters that have come on after the, the starting pack rolls on. And that's generally what you see in A grade is there's a bit of a gap. There was no difference between their starting pack and the guys they rotated off the bench. They had their rotations down pat. Their discipline was immaculate. And those two things, if you can get good depth and you know pretty even between your starting pack and your, and your bench and discipline in A grade, it's going to go a long way to winning you a lot of games. Well, I think that, well, I think the key here for, um, for shortness and probably try and stay in the game to that 60th minute. Now, one of the keys to the second division is, is that you know, particularly when you face a side like Fingal Bay, if you can stay with them till late in the game, you know, sometimes you know, the mentality is is that you know, we should be without Fingal. We will probably think they might happen by about 12, 18 points within that moment. If that doesn't happen, you know, they give Shortland a sniff. Shortland could potentially have an upset. Look, if I'm betting man, I'd probably have to go with, with the Bay in this one. The Bomboras, obviously, you know, been very strong, particularly, like you said, against Dudley. And um, look, for me, it's Fingal Bay for this one. But I wouldn't discount the, the chances of Shortland. However, I wouldn't have the house at all. Lovely, yeah. I'm going to go with the Bombies there and tip them to continue their undefeated start of the season. Uh, we might move along to the B grade. We'll just run through last week's results quickly. Uh, Windale travelled out to Bower Oval and they upset Glendale 28-22. Quite an impressive result. Glendale have been fairly resurgent this year and uh, Windale still without the uh, probably the three key signings or two of the three key signings. The Bacchus boys, uh, Sons of Cage, Steve Cage. So, those guys coming back in are certainly going to put Window in that mix. We talk about that regrading spotlight. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I think this is probably Window maybe look at one of the teams they may look at. Uh, look, you know, full credit also to the Glendale Club. It wasn't that long ago that they came back, and I think one of the, might have been the D grade or one of the conference sides, and you know, that was a club that had been rebuilt from the ground roof. So, you know, you know congratulations to their staff and committee to be, you know, featuring in B grade. I think that's fantastic for their club. Look, I think that... Um, you know, I'm not surprised by that result, but I mean, Glendale's still putting out the fight there. Uh, I think that this weekend's result for Glendale's going to be pretty crucial when we talk about regrades, so uh, not sure. Maybe the coach might put your handbrake on there if they get a bit of a leader. Oh, it's starting to sound like Melbourne Demons tanking talk here. <laughs> uh, in the next one, a bit of an upset. University were a depleted side. The old university holiday curse struck them, and uh, as we talked about before, festival life probably a little bit too. And They went down to Morissette, and... Morissette for mine are a little bit of a dark horse. They've grabbed a few players from down in the uh, Central Coast competition from Tukley, and they ran out winners 32-10. They had a real point to prove after a disappointing loss the week before. Uh, University, again, probably a side that'll have the spotlight when their players return this week on them uh, with the regrading after their flying start prior to round three. Yeah, look, you know, obviously from the, the Seahorses' perspective, I wouldn't get too concerned by that one. At the end of the day, I think that obviously, you know, everyone knows where uni's at, particularly school holiday, uh, obviously university holidays rather. You know, players going away. But I think that's just one that they'll mark off the calendar. Um, you know, good for Morissette, they and obviously getting those points early in this competition. And if you get early wins in the competition, you know, during that lull period, you can afford to drop here a few. But I think that's a win that they'll enjoy. Um, I wouldn't get too carried away with that particular win. No, exactly right. Uh, in the other match that took place, Katara knocked over West Walls End, which was probably a little bit of a surprise. Katara, a real slow start the season after dropping down from A grade. But... Uh, Chalk themselves a win there, which um, starts to show maybe the potential they might have. Mate, I think Lee Abel's over at Katara, isn't it, at the moment? So, uh, no, I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by that at all. 
Um, mate, I know that they've got uh, mate, one of the old stages of Pat Bradley Hooker. He's got some great trivia at the dummy half. Mate. He's definitely one of the stalwarts for their club. And um, I think that's a good win for the Bears. Yeah, it is a good win. You know, they've got some guys that have been around the traps. Lucas Gorton, uh, Callum Behan, you know, he was over at Warwick's half previously. They've played a bit of grades. Uh, then you talk about old stages. There's uh, not many stages older than Matthew oh, yeah. Hines. Matthew Hines, mate, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, I, uh, I remember Matty Hines uh, was telling me back, you know, what I've been about 2011. He, oh, well, I've got a few years left. Uh, mate, I reckon he might make it to 2021, mate. Uh, he mate, just he, finds a way to keep going, Hines. He, he could be another man like uh, one of those other B-grade players we talked about off-air before, Troy Forbes, who, uh, Troy Forbes, I thought, was the oldest man in the competition about 15 years ago when I refereed him. So, mate, credit to him. I, I've hung up the boots about four times by the age of 32, so... He's still going, mate. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> the other one that uh, it looks a bit peculiar if you check the results, but Walls and Maryland have been credited with a 30-16 to 16 win over East Maitland and that have been put down to C-grade, but that's actually a four for East Maitland. Uh, I pulled the pin there. I'm hearing there's a bit of unrest in the camp and uh, they might be uh, potentially an unconfirmed rumour on the lookout for a new coach. Um, with uh, yeah, I'm hearing Noel's down a little frustrated with, with the goings-ons and lack of commitment possibly from some of the players over there. Right, OK. Well, mate, that's news to me. Actually, uh, that would be uh, disappointing for you know East Martin to uh, with away a chance like Noel's would coach with great experience. I thought he did a great job rebuilding the Maitland Club when he was there. And uh, look, I'd... Yeah, well, that's disappointing to hear that. I mean, East Martin have always been there or thereabouts when it comes to the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League. And uh, I tell you what, to lose a man of his experience and trying to find a replacement at this time of the season is very, very difficult. So, yeah. obviously, uh, a difficult task ahead for the East Martin board. Hopefully, mate. Uh, we're only, only a few hundred metres from their, their lovely Henny Penny Stadium here where we are recording tonight. And uh, hopefully they can resolve that and keep Nile on board. As you said, did a great job at Maitland. He took Woodbury to a B-grade competition last year. He's a man that knows what he's doing. He's coached a lot of first grade. And he's also one of, one of the better characters around Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League too. A great guy who's got plenty of time and, and gives it up uh, quite readily anytime anyone is after it. So uh, looking at the ladder for B grade, we've got uh, University on top, Windale. They've still got that catch-up game to play against East Martin that was uh, called off due to the ground condition in round one. They're also on four points. Morris had on four points as well. Glendale, East Maitland, West Walls End, Katara and Walls End Maryland all on two points. Walls End Maryland will drop down. And Tall Timbers, who are uh, an interesting... New club that's joined the uh, Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League this year. They've come up there uh, a bit of a hodgepodge mismatch of ex Rimba Magpies, I understand it. They got a few, they had a bunch of guys that were wanting to move away from playing, you know, third grade and second grade down there, and then they've had a few guys that have come out of retirement that are pretty handy footballers. I'm led to believe the Trembarts, um, who are essentially the core of the club now, and uh, yeah, they've had some good wins and they won. Well, they had a forty to nil result that was called off at half time on the weekend because Budgie Week. Uh, weren't able to field a, a side essentially in the second half. Um, so they've come up to B grade, so it'll certainly be interesting to see how they go this weekend. Uh, and I've tagged that Saturday fixture as the match of the round and the one to watch, and that is West Falls End versus Tall Timbers. Uh, out at Les Wakeman Oval, uh, another, there's a lot of grounds out in the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League that aren't, the, aren't the, the most exciting places. Well, they're exciting, but they're not the most welcoming places to visit. Mate, West Falls End is probably one of the key ones for me, mate. Look, let me tell you this you do not want to go to West Falls End as a coach who has red hair. Mate, you're absolutely going to get smashed. It is, mate. They definitely know how to uh, get behind their team. Uh, mate, uh, and I think that might be a bit of a welcoming, actually, for the tall timbers. They might not be used to that sort of environment, mate. Let me tell you, I've got a tip Westy for this one. Um, yeah, I, yeah, mate, just I'll tell you what. I think the West Bulls, you know, they're a different side on off the road, but at home, it's almost like the old Knights end of the 80s, mate, where they could win at, they could win at the ISC, but get beaten on the road. So, mate, for me, I'll probably go with Magpies for this one. Yeah, I'm about this one, and... Uh... 
Whispers, whispers that won. Again, we keep talking about the old stages. One, Jay Watts might be making a return this week. Oh, really? going to tilt me back to the West Wales and Magpies. They're a very young side. They've got some really handy players. A young hooker, um, such half Jack Begley. Um, I know last year when you were coaching North, he yeah. did a bit of a job on you guys. He's he very handy footballer. He did quite well on the Newcastle and Hunter rep team. He's one of their best players this year. So um, that, that youth of the guys like him, young Daniel Melmoth, and those sorts of guys, and adding, they just need, a, I was going to say, a bit of a, a calm head, but an experienced head in Jamie Watts. Yeah, uh, that might just probably not a calm hit. Yeah, <laughs> he certainly he certainly mellowed a lot on what he was when he was a great footballer. That's, that's for true. sure. Uh, but yeah, so that that'll I think see them home uh, in the Friday night game. If we just jump back a day, University host Glendale. This one will be an interesting clash. Glendale of uh, well, they managed to knock off Morissette two weeks ago. They were right in the arm wrestle with Windale, so they're not that far away from the measure, you know. And as you said, they've come all the way from degrade in recent years, and great to see them improving. Um, can they match it with the students though uh, out there at the Knowledge Coliseum? Mate, look, I think that it's a difficult one, particularly, you know, obviously not having a lot of scenic Glendale. One of the great things about the university side is you need to be very good, particularly lateral in defence. Now, when you've got Harbs, the likes of, and look, let me tell you, probably the two sexiest Harbs in the competition, and Jared Rodimer and Tyler Kearsley as well, mate. Let me tell you, <laughs> for those ladies out there, mate, get Tyler Kearsley on Snapchat, you'll be very happy about it. And um, I, I, I like their side, I think they've got great balance of the side. Also, a lot in addition of Connor Lynch to up front. Uh, mate, um, that man knows his way around a chicken stencil, but still cutting the ball up pretty well. Did a good job for me at Norse last year too, mate. Look, on a Friday night out there, I've got to tip the students for a win, and they're probably a big night later on that night too, I imagine. Yeah, it might carry on into the weekend, and you're exactly right. They are two of the more attractive men out there. Jared Rodimer and the Blue Steels, well-known amongst a lot of the boys. Uh, I really want to see University go up to A-grade just to see Sam and Jared Rodimer come that up against each other. What a matchup that would be. <laughs> Don't worry about anyone else. And Jared, and Jared will try and run straight over the top of him too. Uh, but yeah, as you said, the girls get amongst Tyler's Snapchat, but I don't think they should get amongst Jared's. He's uh, very loved <laughs> up, and that's the reason they went out to university. Yeah, that's true. So with a new bub. So yeah, I, I think those two boys will be the key, um, and uh, look for their edge centre, uh, good fellow, to be the key runner off Kersley quite regularly uh, and threaten out wide, and university will win this one by a couple of tries. Uh, in other matches, East Maitland will be looking to get onto the field for only their second match of the season after a forfeit last week and a... And a non-contest, no game in round one due to the field condition. They host Morissette now. Morissette's a bit of a trip up the uh, up the old uh, F3 or the M1, as you will. But I'm going to lean to Morissette here. Uh, you know, a bit of talk of disruption in the East Maitland camp concerns me. Morissette bounced back last week. And if East Maitland are to win, it's going to be a lot of work on the shoulders of one Chad Irvine, who's been an absolute stalwart of their club. Mate, look, I think that obviously... You know, it, it's going to sound uh, pretty dramatic, but I think uh, being around four, and given what you just spoke about in regards to Noel, this game could be the defining match of the season. Where you know, depending on what happens with Noel, it, it could make or break them. Um, yeah, so it's very, you know, it's going to give great direction for East Melbourne where they tend to go. You know, as a side this season, uh, Morissette, you know, always been a very tough side, very physical outfit as well. Um, mate, it, it's very difficult to understand what's happening inside the camp though, as well, given the fact that you've. Um, You've mentioned age disruptions to the East Melbourne preparation. Look, I'm probably going to go with Morissette, um, but it should be an entertaining game. And if you if you're out that way, maybe you know maybe get yourself a Philadelphia combo and just head across the road, mate. I can highly recommend it. Yeah, Henny Penny Stadium. It um, serves up on, on on many counts, and if you stay around for a few schooners afterwards, you can hit the buffet at uh, East as well. <laughs> well just, I've done the buffet a few times, mate. Just, just a winning combination, that one. The final match of the round, mate, sees one of your old sides, Qatar, and they head down to another less than welcoming visitor experience, which is Window Oval. Windale versus Katara. Uh, I expect that Windale will probably add back in a couple of those Bacchus boys and uh, the crowd will be um, putting on a show for the uh, 
for the Bears. No doubt, mate. Look, I, I think that Wendell, you definitely look like one of those sides that may progress to the A grade. Katara, you know, um, probably looking at probably being a mainstay to B grade. I, I thought they were probably, you know, a little bit um, unfairly done by last year's grading, Katara. They obviously, you know, took some hidings towards the end of the year. But, um, look, mate, I'm going to tip Wendell for this one, particularly at home for those reasons that you spoke about. Um, and, uh, mate, yeah, I think that Wendell probably get the chocolates in this one. Yeah, I'll be going with the Eagles as well. And, uh... Hopefully Matt Garrett can limp his way through more than about 15 minutes this week. That'll be an expectation for mine. Um, we'll move on from there and we'll have a look and we'll just fire through these ones pretty quickly. The C-grade competition. Abermain got out of jail with a 19-18 win. That's their second win this season by a field goal. So someone's obviously been doing their field goal practice over Raymond Terrace. Um, I caught the first half of this one. They played out at Kersley as part of a doubleheader and... Uh, Great to see the uh, old stage of Brook Roach still going around and causing some absolute mayhem for Raymond Terrace and still rocking that trademark ponytail, which we like to see. <laughs> um, in other results, Kersley in the second game there, they got absolutely towed up by Gloucester at their home ground. So it was 14, uh, 42-14 to Gloucester, and the Magpies are looking really strong after they've progressed up from the uh, Northern Conference D grade last year. Malibula won the top-of-the-table clash in a game where defence appeared to be optional, 42-36 over the Morpeth Bulls. And that will see, uh, and we will see, uh, sorry, Gloucester just going back a step and Kersley. We will see Kersley drop down to uh, the D-grade Southern because of the way things line up and with tall timbers moving up. Um, and the final game of the, of the round, the Averglass and Ants, 34 over the Budgewoy Bulldogs, 10. So uh, Budgewoy were um, a little light on numbers in both grades, I'm told, last week and, and did what they could to, rather than just stack one side and forefoot completely down at Tall Timbers, they scraped together two teams, which is um, admirable. I mean, they put their hand up after there was a buy initially in the D-grade south and said, look, we've got half a team here. If we can scrape a few more players together, you can put a side in and skip a buyer. There's enough gap weekends in a Newcastle Hunter competition without a buyer. So, yeah. mate, all, all credit to them for um, you know, throwing a second team together and, and trying to compete um, in two grades. So... Interesting to see how they go. Hopefully, they can rust up a few more Central Coast lads to fill their ranks. Yeah, mate, well, it's probably definitely players. It'll be interesting to see with Malibu. I think they're 3 0 now, so I wonder if they'll come under consideration at all. It'll be interesting to see. Certainly will. Obviously, yeah. that'll, that'll come down to whether or not I guess anyone else will be able to drop down from B. We've got Walden Maryland will drop down already. Yeah. Um, and we'll see them in the fixtures in a moment. So, as you said, uh, Malibu do sit 3 0 with a uh, pretty healthy for and against Aberglasson, Morpeth, and Abermain uh, all on four points. Abermain, interestingly enough, as I said, two wins by field goal, but they got drubbed in their loss, so they got a negative 24 for and against with two and one. Gloucester looking quite strong there on the opposite side of that, that uh, conundrum, and they've only won one, but they've got a positive for and against. Uh, and then Raymond Terrace, Budgeoy, and then Kersley, so they'll drop down. They've um, had a couple of drubbings at the hands of a few of those sides, and uh, including a 64 0 loss in round one, so hopefully they'll find their feet a little bit better in the D grade southern. Uh, they might have some travel though going down to places like Budgeoy and the Wanji and the like. So yeah, mate, the bus trips in the second division, mate, are one of the well, some of the great things. I look forward to it. Yeah, exactly. Right this weekend, uh, we see. Uh, I'm guessing Abermain must be out of action because they played at Kersley last week and they're at Curry Sports Ground this week at two o'clock. Abermain hosting Aberglassen. Uh, I think that uh, Mick Akers and his aunt will probably be a little bit too strong here for a hawk side that, uh, as I said, we're probably lucky to get out of jail against the. A hodgepodge Raymond Terrace side last week. Mate, I'd probably agree, and given the fact that he, you know, winning by a field goal, mate, it would have been a tight game. Now, one I think Apple was actually too strong in this one. Next up, we see Raymond Terrace had a head up to Burt Gallagher Oval at Gloucester. It's a bit of an interesting trek this one up into the mountains. It is. Uh, Gloucester looking really strong, and I think with the regrade now, they'll be up there. I've, I know they've only won one so far, but I've got them earmarked as a side to compete with uh, the likes of Malibu and Morpeth for this title. 
uh, on if Gloucester will do an absolute job at home on Roman Terrace here. Mate, they will. Let me tell you one of the great atmospheres too in the Newcastle Community Rugby League with this one. Uh, mate, like going to Gloucester, the good fellas up there too. I'll tip in Gloucester for both the match and the boat race post game. Yeah, certainly one of those grounds. Uh, if you are travelling up for that game from the Roman Terrace, maybe just book yourself into the pub overnight and make it worth your while. Stay there. You will enjoy the hospitality. I've done that a couple of times myself. I like Gloucester, Stroud, those sorts of joints. They're great value. Uh, the next one for mine, it's probably the intriguing matchup, the matchup of the round. Morpeth, they've only lost that one game and only by six points to an um, impressive Malibu side at Malibu, which is no mean feat to stay in the arm wrestle up there. They host Walls in Maryland. Uh, Walls End Maryland have dropped down a grade. They've still got, you know, I mean, they lost a few players over to Shortland. Uh, but, you know, you can never write off a side that's steered around by one Jeremy Lowe. True, mate. Well, I mean, Lowe, he's definitely got the experience in the game management, mate. He also likes to try and referee the game if possible. <laughs> he was always very helpful in my referee. <laughs> he, was, very low. he was. He likes to make uh, suggestions at uh, very critical times of the game. Uh, look, an interesting one, this one, because, uh, you know, Morpeth, oh, I just don't know. I, I know that... Uh, uh, the, the guy that I'm hearing out of the Malibu camp last week, is they probably left the door open a, a few times and probably should have put Morpeth to bed. Uh, look, given the fact they're at home, I might tip Morpeth in this one, but it uh, should be a tight one. Yeah, I certainly think it'll be a close one. I think Morpeth, as we saw last week, have probably got plenty of points in them. Uh, and I'm hearing some whispers coming out of uh, the uh, the Woodbury camp that they signed a release, and I'm just looking back through the tenders from last week, and sure enough, Alfred Wildboat off the bench for them. Last week, there's a bit of experience when you want to talk about it. They've got the two whaleboat boys there. So, uh, yeah, certainly um, adds a little bit there. Alfred coming off the bench and, uh, yeah, he'll be, he'll be a key player for them going through. He was strong for Woodbury last year amongst those forest boys in the pack. So it'll be good for Morpeth in the sea grade, I would have thought. Right, absolutely. I think that's Alfred Wildboat, mate. That's definitely a blast from the past, that one for me. But, uh, no, mate. I think, you probably would have played. Mate, you I did, mate. I did. I was just thinking. I think he didn't play with us for good Souths. But, um Mate, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a journeyman of the game. Um, mate, look, oh, oh yeah, look, I think Morpeth in that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go Morpeth to get home. I think again, it'll probably be a high score. On both sides, got plenty of points in them. The final one, Malibula face probably probably now uh, one of the longer road trips in uh, Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League. They go all the way down to Halaklani Oval for a four o'clock kickoff uh, to take on the Budgie Roy Bulldogs. That's going to be that'll be a fair road trip back for the uh, the Buller boys. Yeah, it will be, mate. I'd, I'd imagine that would be the case, and I think they'll probably come home with a win in that one too, mate. Malibu have been very impressive, you know. That start to the season, mate. They've got some great attacking flair there too. And a couple of um, their names escaped me. A couple of representatives too from the Australian Defence Force side as well, mate. They've been quite handy acquisitions for uh, Malibu, mate. So I think the Panthers will uh, get the win there, and then maybe look at a regrade maybe uh, next week. Yeah, I certainly think so. One thing that will work in Budgeroy's favour is that both their sides are at home this week, so obviously they can, you know, back up and, you know, they won't have that issue where they're a bit light on last week, which will help them. We'd probably keep them in the arm wrestle for that sort of 50, 60 minutes, but I think Malibu will be too strong there um, and will uh, continue their undefeated run and you know, put themselves under that microscope. And I think they'd be quite happy to move up and back up into B-grade. I think they feel B-grade's their natural home. Uh, move on to the D-grade Northern Conference, and this is a conference that I don't think will be touched by regrading these sides. There's been some uh, chopping and changing in results. Everyone sort of beating everyone on their day. Last week, Maitland United were undefeated heading into the Anzac Eve game and got towed up by 40 uh, against Dungog. It only won the one before that. So, uh, And then you know the other, other undefeated side in the competition lost as well. So anyone can beat anyone on their day, which is great. And I think a lot of these sides are very happy in their little patch of the world just to continue playing against each other. Um, so we'll just run through those results. So Dungog 40-4 over Maitland United. 
Teagardens in the bottom battle of the cellar dwellers that previously, the two sides that have previously not won, beat Karua up at Karua 16-12. Clarencetown Cobras, uh, they're my tip for the premiership. They're led around by none other than former mate on first grade halfback, Blake Birch. Uh, they won 38-16 over Hinton. And Patterson River, they were undefeated and they were looking like the side to really mix it with Clarencetown. But they went down 32-22 to the Stroud Raiders. And uh, another one, mate, um, there's a few of these. We keep talking about these old heads and there'll be a name here as we scroll through the team list that uh, you may recognise if he's had a run. No, I haven't picked him up there. And that, that is uh, Simon Chappell. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Chappell, 51 this year, I believe. Wow. Still going around. Yeah, and, and uh, I think I believe he scored the match winner in round one. Fantastic, yeah. Oh, that's, what, that's what he's telling people anyway. So, <laughs> okay, so, well, that's a good story anyway. Mate. Uh, yeah, exactly right. No, and, and another one of those great blokes of uh, Newcastle Rugby League. Yeah, he was heavily involved in the Bay in there in trying to keep him alive in a lot of those last yeah. iterations and stuff. Sports and Super Shark, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there was one point there uh, he did a bit of refereeing as well. And uh, Chapo, I believe at one point, was you know supposed to be coaching and then supposed to be coaching in third grade, I think, and then ended up finding himself playing first grade again. And that was, what are we going back about six years now? So he would have been in his mid-40s yeah, playing right. first grade. So I think there are a few blokes uh, in those, foot, those uh, last few years, mate, were playing three grades at the elite, mate. So, um, yeah, definitely. Mate, they're, mate, they're the guys, you know, there's, there's plenty of them around, but they keep rugby league ticking and, you know, mm. guys like himself. And there's a few others in different iterations, probably uh, not as uh, controlled and measured, you know, a guy like Shane Tapper, another one who's head, head, to, the, <laughs> yeah. head to the north side of 50 and still yep. wandering around. and. Yep. Uh, holding himself together with strap attack. I think in you know, the old, the last days of Northern Blues, mate, I'm pretty sure they were still talking about uh, Johnny Gutherson as well, mate. And, uh, <laughs> he also made the appearance of Fingal Bay a few years ago. Yes, mate, he was so. still wandering around at Fingal Bay. Yeah, I actually, right. I went up to Fingal Bay and watched them play Dudley the other week, and he was there on the hill drinking, and he, and he assured me that he's not going to pull the boots on this year. I said, I think they look all right without you, Gutho, <laughs> and uh, the opposition's teeth look better for you not being out there too. Yeah, mate, with Gutho, mate, the, force, the first point of contact was always around the neck. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that was when he was going low. <laughs> Another one, though, a great character of the Newcastle Rugby League and the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League. Uh, so this week's fixtures in the Northern Conference, Patterson River versus Dungog, uh, up at Stewart Park there in a doubleheader at Hinton. There's a few of these getting around. They're like, oh, I like this in the Northern yeah, Conference. They did that last week. Yeah. I think they're just switching it around. Sure, it's a good crowd, mate. Yeah, get doubles up your crowd, doubles up your beer takings, and yeah, you know, get get there and watch the opposition go around. And, yeah, mate, look, one of the... Show us on the Patterson, mate, because let me tell you, Patterson is probably the home of the greatest steak sandwich in the competition, mate. Just, oh, mate, mate. The, the boys from Bar TV tell me that Dungal Bennett Park's got that it is very good from last year. It is very good, mate, but let me tell you this, mate, you could tear the steak sandwich with your hands, mate, up at Patterson. Oh, so, I'm going to have to make a trip just for that. Mate, you will, mate. Let me tell you, it's definitely worth a look. Um, mate, this one here, interesting. It's, uh, oh, it's, it's a really difficult one for me, actually, because after seeing that score one last week with Dungal, you know, being at Bennett Park, obviously, not fixture, always difficult to beat. Um, I think I might go the river. Yeah, I'll go Patterson River as well. I've got them them and Clarence Town marked as the teams to beat in this competition. Uh, in the second game of that doubleheader, the Hinton Hornets host the Karua Roos. Karua are still yet to break their duck. Can they do it in Hinton against the Hinton Hornets at the back end of what's sure to be a bumper crowd? Yeah, look, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the week for them, actually. I think the Hinton will probably get home at home. Uh, although they were definitely convincing last week. Uh, I think maybe just the home ground advantage might just tip the Hinton Hornets' favour. Yeah, I certainly think it'll be a very boisterous crowd. I wouldn't be surprised to see a few uh, intoxicated Patterson River and Dungog players by about <laughs> I don't know, 20 minutes into the game. Yeah, definitely offering some interesting opinions too from the sideline as you can. Yeah, it's great when you're neutral. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll go, I'll go Hinton to win that one as well. The other one, Maitland United playing at uh, McKeechee's Oval, which they're using and sharing with Aberglasson as their home ground for the predominant part of the year. 
they will take on Clarence Town. As I said, uh, Clarence Town led around by none other than Blake Birch, and they've got a couple of other players who've played some lower grade. Uh, Newcastle to his Cup Rugby League, so I mean, I, until I see otherwise, I'm just going to be tipping the Cobras each week, so no. I'll tip them to get Maitland United, but I think it'll be closer than Maitland's last week. Yeah, mate, look, I've got to be honest with you, I think this might be an old-fashioned touch-up, this one. I really think the Clarence Town will overpower Maitland United you know, uh, with, with a bit of ease. I think that you know, the key for Maitland United, again, is trying to stay with them at the back end of that game, but I think that if you, know, if you give Clarence Town a, a 12, 14-point lead, that will be insurmountable come second half. Yeah, 100%. And on Sunday, one of the few Sunday games of the competition, Tea Gardens host Stroud Raiders at Mile Park, two o'clock kickoff. Uh, can the uh, the veteran Simon Chapel lead them to back to back wins? But I think you can. Yeah, I think you can, mate. I uh, I think that might be the case. I think they start obviously get a bit of momentum off that last week, and I think they probably will get the win. Yeah, I think Stroud will be uh, one of the final sides in this competition. I think Tea Gardens, unfortunately for them. Uh, as much as they will toil through, they may find themselves with Karua down the bottom of that ladder come the back end of the year, and I think Stroud will probably win this one uh, and may even blow it out a little bit late. So that's the D-grade Northern. We move on to the Southern Conference. It's a, it's a big old competition, the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League. It certainly is. The second Katara, so they had a big win, uh, an upset win over Swansea. Swansea are looking like absolute world beaters, and I, I did actually put the probe into a couple of boys at Swansea that I know, and I said, uh, is there any uh, throwing off here to avoid the... Uh, cursed uh, promotion and they said no, no, look, we had a couple of boys that are unavailable a couple of, couple of big names that they've had in um, that have come across from Stockton didn't necessarily turn up and uh, everyone just, one of those days where everyone wasn't on their game and Katara were just absolutely nailing it and uh, the boys from Katara, mate, so they won it, ran out 32-6 to six winners at Hudson Park to start off what was a, a strong day for Katara, mate um, just, uh, just trying to have a look through these team lists here in terms of, it looks like uh, Swansea might have been a little bit light on numbers. Yeah, gosh, bro. Yeah, um, so, uh, not too many names standing out for me, mate. So I don't know about you from the Katara yeah. squad. Do you know any of those boys? Oh, mate. Uh, yeah, mate. I've got to say, I, don't, I can't really recognise too many of those, uh, too many of those names. Is that Matty Everly? It certainly yeah, is. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I don't recognise him, but I, I definitely know some names there in the uh, Swansea side. A couple of my products there, Jason Crane and Cooper Dew. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, mate, and um, Matty Gilbert there too. But uh, I'm a little bit surprised by that, mate. Actually, it looks like a looks like a uh, with all due respect, a bunch of no mates in the car. But um, if they're a good unit, they'll probably continue to have great success. Yeah, hopefully they build from there. Uh, next up is probably the side that now with the move on of Tall Timbers are uh, probably got the uh, favourites to this competition tag on their head. Uh, the Hamilton Ducks, the team that's a uh, a uh, drink drinking group with a rugby league problem. They tell me. Yeah. Uh, they won 30-18 to 18 over Cardiff. Out yeah, at Cardiff, no mean feat in itself. Yeah, mate, I, was, I actually noticed a bit of a crowd because that one happened to drive past the venue one uh, pre-game. Mate, uh, Hamilton, I'm hearing some, some good things about the time life there, mate. It sounds like a... Mate, I think they might uh, they might find themselves maybe maybe filling two grades next year, possibly. The way that yeah, well, mate, um, well, Sam Collins and his crew are talking about going out there next year. I'll I, I, I tell you what, I've, I've watched a bit of their Duck TV or Duck Vision, I'm not sure what they call it, on their yeah. Facebook page. Do yourself a favour, guys. Check it out. It's um, a very social-looking program. And, you know, if you're a single bloke, I think it's certainly... the t- Young single blokes certainly tend to join because there seem to be attractive girls around and plenty of booze. So, and they're sponsored by the Kent Hotel, so that's a good spot to start a night. It certainly is, mate. So, and and it turns, turns out some of them too. can actually play football, too. So. Yeah, well, that's, that's, <laughs> who, who would have thought? That generally comes in handy, mate, too. So, and they're playing at Limoc, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, right, they, right, we've, right. Uh, we've partnered with them to rename it. It's going to be the Duck Pond. Oh, so, okay, right. which, uh, which makes sense because as soon as it rains anywhere at Learmont, that is underwater. Yeah, so. it certainly is, mate. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, in the other games we talked about before, Tall Timbers, they ran out 40 nil winners at Budgie where that game was called at half time and Tall Timbers 
skyrocket all the way up the grades to B grade. Um, I wonder if they can follow the path of the team that did that last year, which was Woodbury, um, and, and, and win a B grade comp. They'll certainly be in the mix up there if they can uh, continue uh, keeping their players on the paddock and Absolutely. making those road trips. You might see some late recruitment too from uh, if they're having a bit of continued success, maybe from some other parts of the Central Coast Rugby League. So let's keep an eye on that one. Certainly will. And finally, a Wabakul. They got the win over Wanji in the uh, West Lakes Derby there, uh, 28-22. These two sides are a bit hard to pick week in, week out, but a Wabakul with some fair experience, the likes of Shannon Maven and Rob Briggs running around out there uh, and, the, and the Douglas crew running the show. So, uh, yeah, you know, they can turn up on their day and get a bit of momentum. I think I'll be able to mix it with pretty much anyone in this comp. Mate, absolutely. And some of those guys there, you know, it, it, it tends to be a week-to-week proposition. Hopefully if they get momentum, particularly when attacking with the football, mate, they can, um, they can definitely uh, match up with anyone they certainly can, um, and uh, interesting to see that they did that with probably uh, not not a full squad, but um, you know, Wanji on their day too. They've got some handy players there, like the likes of Ivan Lamalama, who played a bit at Lakes yeah, back in the day, and uh, Shannon Turton, who played on some rugby union at Lake Macquarie, played first grade there, and uh, he's a very handy footballer in himself as well. So, be interesting to see how they go. And they were very much an up and down side last year. Some weeks they'd trounce a team by 60, and the next week they'd lose themselves by 40. So, looks like it'll be much of the same. Um, so the latter, as we see it now, we'll see Hamilton sitting on top on six points. Swansea and Katara just behind them on four. Uh, Awabakal on two. Wanjim, Budjiwoy and Kersley now will join the competition on zero. So sorry, we're missing a team now. I'm not sure what's happening. Oh, Cardiff, of course. So they'll be in there as well. I'm not sure what's happened with the uh, Newcastle and Hunter ladder there. But we'll have a look at this week's fixtures. And it starts off with the Bar TV match. Mate, so how's it going out at Parbury Park? D-grade footy on a Friday night on TV. Swansea Swans, Matthew Gilbert, make sure you do your hair and makeup. You're going to need to start. Mate, you've, you've left it too late already and it's Wednesday. <laughs> uh, and they will take on Cardiff, mate. Uh, this this one's a, a, a matchup that's come up in the lower grades a few times over the last couple of years when Cardiff's had a second side. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think the key men for Swansea, they've recruited a couple of boys that, as I said, that played at Stockton last year. Uh, Daniel Bauer is certainly a uh, dangerous yeah, person absolutely. who you would have come across in your time. And... Uh, it escapes me the name of the other up there, but uh, they've got some decent players. Swansea and Cardiff will be interesting to see what they can muster. Uh, be interesting to see how many of their players might double up and play Friday night and then again on Saturday in A grade. Yeah, quite possibly, mate. I think that the, uh, mate, given it's a Friday night at Parbury, I think they might get their own of the penalty, pe- penalty count as well, Swansea, mate. Uh, and, mate, I'd probably have to tip the home side in this one. I, know, yeah. I question the lights at Lennigan. I don't know how they go at Parbury on a uh, Friday. Parbury's pretty good. They've had an upgrade there in recent years. But, um, mate, I reckon the double-header, mate, getting the, getting the Rabbitohs down there at Swansea would have been not a bad idea, mate. That would have been, pretty, uh... would, would have been a long night. But, yeah, yeah, it would have been a long night. You would have needed a 6, 6.30 and 8.30 kickoff, and uh, yeah. then someone to come and uh, remove Aaron Morris at about 3 a.m. probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go to the Swans at home there, and uh, I'll put the pressure on. Matt Gilbert, I expect you to be the first try scorer, mate. So... <laughs> He's, I think he's going to be on the show next week, so we'll be able to hear all about that. $51, mate. You have to get on. Right? I think that's unders. <laughs> that's unders on any time try scorer. Uh, Saturday, we see the first of the doubleheader at Budgie that we touched on before, and that is Budgie hosting Wanji. Uh, not, not, not that far of a trip, actually, just down down through yeah, Morrison there at Wanji. Yeah. So, um, nice little battle there at the bottom of the lake. And uh, look, I'm going to go with the fact they've got the doubleheader there. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss to really tip who here, but I'm going to go Budgie just with a home ground advantage and hope they get a few of their boys that might turn up a bit yeah, early. I actually don't really know what to make of this one. I mean, it really, for me, it really depends on what Wanji someone's going to turn up. I mean, they've definitely got the capability within their roster. Uh, Budgie Woy, for me, is still a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, I'll go against you this one. I'll, um, I'll tip Wanji in an upset. I think it's a bit, only about the first or second one we've disagreed yeah. on. Next up, we see Kersley. They drop down. Um, 
from the C-grade comp into the Southern Conference, and they head to the Duck Pond to take on Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton 3-0, and Kersley 0-3, obviously been playing a little bit different style of competition, but uh, there's certainly a few things still going to have their work cut out for them. A bit of a shout-out before we get your tip, mate. Kersley, they did look resplendent in their new strips that they've got thanks to their great sponsors, which is great to see people getting behind. You know, especially some of these lower-tier clubs, they, they do struggle to attract you know, financial sponsors that aren't directly involved within the club already, you know, players and players' businesses. So good to see someone getting behind a... Um, you know, a team has been a new entrant in Newcastle Hunter in recent years, but um, you know, really building a bit of a following out there at uh, Jeffrey Park. Mate, yeah, definitely. It's a great atmosphere to go out there, actually. Like, we had a pretty uh, tight encounter with them last year at, uh, uh, with Northside up against Kersley there, and uh, I think that the couple of participants in the crowd looking to fight like players at difficult stages of the match, which oh, passionate. adds I like to it. the theatre of the game, mate. Look, one of the things about you know this competition is, is that um, winning is definitely habit-forming, and uh, unfortunately so is losing. And trying to go there, but there you know, Kersley... Their roster appears to be somewhat decimated from the one that they had last year. Uh, mate, Hamilton on a roll. Mate, I think this will be, mate, I think it'll be the Ducks for this one. Yeah, I think the Ducks will go 4 0. Uh, it's interesting, uh, Kersley, though. I saw them rock up last week. As I said, I went out and watched the first half of that at Main Roman Terrace before I headed to Woodbury. And I'll tell you what, you've never seen a more likely looking bunch of blokes to play C grade and then, then go out and get trounced. I mean, Gloucester look like a hodgepodge bunch of, bunch of guys that have come down from the hills, which is essentially what they are, but they're you know, tough as nails, as we know. But Kersley, like, they look like there's some fit-looking young fellas there that look like they could be able to hold their own. So I'm not sure what happened. I haven't seen them play yet, but hopefully, you know, they can get a bit of confidence out of the fact they're going down a grade and really match it here. And even even if they could walk away with a four- or six-point loss at Learmont against an undefeated ladder leader, I think that would give them some confidence to maybe turn that rut around. And that, that's key, and that's the way you approach it, man. I think it's definitely going to be a project. I think, you know, the, the key for Kersley is trying to find those wins, you know, from you know, the next three weeks or so on and building momentum that way. Um Look, that's one of the most difficult things, and that, you know, obviously, it's a yeah, it tends to be a, a uh, you know, basically a, a famine or, or feast in regards to the player stocks in Newcastle Hunter Rugby League, and they're feeling a pinch at the moment, particularly probably with the reintroduction of Cessna in the Open Grade. So, tough, tough assignment for them, but I think they can probably try and get onto a winning way, uh, well, at least winning form anyway against um, Hamilton. But I still tip Hamilton for the win. Yeah, they certainly got to bounce back. They've got Swansea next week, who could be a fairly formidable opponent as well, at least at home. But uh, a couple of tough assignments to start out there. D-grade journey. Finally, on Sunday, we see a Wobbacle hosting the Katara Bears out at Walters Park again. It's always interesting, these clubs with two teams, when they play on split days, you know, yeah. how, how you go about managing your rosters. And, and, and that's one of the keys to me, mate. I think that a Wobbacle, you know, at home, mate, we've seen their roster, we know what they're capable of. Katara, we don't know who's playing O-grade that particular lane, they have to back up. Um, I'm no surprise with Katara reserves that strong showing, you know, with a double head of Hudson. Like being away from home, up against... You know, well, the thing about the Wobbicle is, is that they're definitely an unknown quantity on any given day, and that's very, very difficult to defend against, particularly from a coaching perspective. We'll have to go with the Wobbicle for this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Katara. I just have a feeling they're going to continue on with their win from last week. Uh, as you say, a Wobbicle, one of the two things that you know, is, or two things that you know going out there is Walters Park again is going to be like cement, yep. and so are the blokes you're running into. Absolutely. They, they, will, they will not give you an inch or a quarter and if they think they can get away with it a little bit then they might stretch, stretch the friendship on the referee too and they yeah. keep him on his toes so mate, it's, it's old school footy it's best out of a wobble so if you've got nothing on Sunday afternoon it'll be a physical encounter out there and um, it'll be interesting to see if Katara can match it with them for a bit of physicality I think the, uh, the Bears might uh, get back into that you know imagine you know, Matty Hines dropping back down there, he'll be right in his element, mate. A bit of, <laughs> bit of, bit mate, of grubbery and thuggery. Right? He, he doesn't mind a bit of that, so and uh, he doesn't take it back with step either. So. Imagine going to lose the score to the background. 
and two nine adult insults, but uh, getting behind him as well. Okay. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be doing it before. I'd say Gordo will probably be uh, up uh, doing some uh, very vociferous supporting, wouldn't he? He is, mate. He definitely professes to be one of the greatest dancers in the Newcastle Rugby League really too, mate. So. I, I, the one thing I do miss is uh, refereeing Gordo, and uh, his chat at goal kicking was always entertaining. While he take pot shots <laughs> at the opposition, his teammates, himself, people in the crowd. He always had something interesting to give you as a referee. Yeah, he, he was smart enough man, never to take a direct pot shot at me. So that you know, he maybe he's not as silly as he looks. Yeah, mate. So I, uh, I had I coached him for a number of years, Gordo, and uh, mate, he, he likes a he likes a bit of a pot shot here and there with me in the dressing room over the phone time. So um, <laughs> he's definitely one of the characters, mate. Uh, he's good value, Gordo. Uh, we'll move on, mate, and we'll jump into the real NRL and uh, a bit of a mixed bag of results last week. We might start with your boys, mate. The Seagulls they headed all the way up to. Battley Park, as it once was, Cessnock Sports Ground, and uh, absolutely flew out of the blocks, got out to a 28 0 lead, uh, had a little bit of a nap at the end, and a little bit of a scare probably for the coaching staff, probably mm. sent Ags a little bit greyer, and uh, but got away with the win. Yeah, look, but I think for us it was important, you know, it was, um, it was definitely, a bit of a, I wouldn't say a wake up call against Western Suburbs, but we're definitely disappointed, you know, obviously with the result, but more in the fact of how we played, and that was something that obviously Ags addressed with the group during the week. Mate, um, well, that's a very strong performance there. You know, I thought Nash Burt's rush at halfback was outstanding. Sean Boss always in that front row position. Uh, you know, just keeps those forwards rolling on. Mate, also, you know, another guy worth mentioning on the radar is uh, Jonathan Walsh, mate, who made his first grade debut. was very, very solid for the side of the bench, and he's come through our junior system. Obviously, had a bar Valentine through, obviously, I coached him for a couple of years, and now he's um, in first grade, mate. Um, look, it was a really good win for us. Um, we probably did clock off a little bit towards the end, but I don't think the actual result was ever in doubt. And um, you know, some breaking news out of our camp too is that Coach Glenn Aglin is actually um, he's going to step aside for the rest of the year owing to an employment opportunity that's been given. And, mate, on behalf of the executive, mate, Glenn Aglin's been fantastic for us. He's a real community guy, not only just at our club, but also at Belmont and Sharks. He'll still be around our club. He'll still be available for Saturday. He'll still be doing the video, et cetera. But, mate, it's seen Lyndon Shepherd being promoted to the first-grade role. Lyndon's a fantastic guy, very community-orientated guy as well. Uh, he's also an NRL development officer, so his knowledge for the game, his passion for the game is uh, made second to none, and I'm sure that he'll do a good job for us, mate, for the remainder of the season. Lovely, and uh, so Lyndon Moore's coach in the reserve grade, I understand, so who steps into that role? Uh, mate, Paul Allardyce is going to step into the role, obviously a premiership winner you know, a few times, um, particularly I remember one with Waratah Mayfield in 1991, but, um, mate, uh, you know, Paul had our under-17s last year, and they uh, had a near and under, undefeated season. Mate, he's very, very well known in the competition. He's had a lot of experience, and uh, mate, he'll be fantastic because you know we've got very much a youth policy at Lakes, and um, you know probably the average age of every third grade is probably you know very early twenties. And mate, he'll be fantastic for the development of those guys. He's a very tactical coach as well, being a very ex halfback, very smart, and uh, mate, you know he'll provide those guys with great leadership and also give them great support in his role as well. Uh, well, it's great to see. You know, it's one of the fully forgotten sides of, of uh, lower rugby league is that you know at the end of the day, everyone ha- pretty much everyone has to go off to a day job and those sorts of things and. Families and all those sorts of things. I know I've got a lot of time for Ags. I had a bit to do with him when I was down there playing at Lakes. Um, certainly kept me on my toes. Never really brought me any water, even though that was his job, but that's all right. Uh, but no, he's been a great servant at that club and been around, as you said, for years and, and will continue to around his work commitments, which is great to see that he's still... Oh, mate, he's know, not going anywhere, mate. Stre- stretching his hours out to make it down. He's institutional at Lakes United, mate. And he's just one of those cool group of players. You know, you look at, you know, at Ags, you look at Ian Burke, I mean, Paul Jeffries, obviously... And, uh, you know, that, that era, you had, uh, you know, Scobby, you had Hutto and all those guys, mate. They're just terrific fellas. You know, um, you know, very aggressive players on the field, but also fantastic guys off the field, mate. Um, and uh, continues that great bloke tradition as well. So, uh, and, mate, you know, Cessnock, you know, uh, 
I, I think there'll be a side that's definitely been developing. Uh, no doubt, um, Todd Edwards has recruited very astutely. Uh, I think that they'll be. Um, I think their, their, their days are, are definitely ahead of them. I think we'll luck at getting them draw this early on, and uh, mate, they'll be very, very challenging for us. I think um, come the second round down at Carlisle. So. Yeah, I certainly agree on that. Uh, in other results, West thirty-eight ran out winners over Curry sixteen. Uh, well, probably, I was probably as much as you know they did a bit of a job on you guys in the first half. I probably thought this one might have been a little bit closer. Um, I, I watched the majority of the fixture uh, on on Bar TV, and I still think West just really took each opportunity they got into that um, you know with that red zone uh, and were quite strong there. And Curry just probably bombed a couple of theirs. So uh, West certainly. I said it's at this stage. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, when you come in the expectation of that, you look at 120 point now player points being used. Mate, there's over 300 games of the top score premiership experience within that side. Obviously, under the government's and Matt Landry there. Uh, look, I think the thing about it is for West, I think there's a lot of pressure on Western Suburbs because realistically, the entire competition is then for, listen, for them to lose. And, uh, you know, I mean, this, this time last year, we were talking about West's, you know, to be you know, very much there at the business end, but not making the five. It's a long competition. Probably the biggest thing in favour the West have addressed this year, in my opinion, is the depth. Um, you know, they've probably got two first grade sides to an extent, and uh, if they have injuries, they'll be able to fulfil that, fulfill that uh, there. Where obviously, you know, Curry don't have, for example, that that um, that promise there. But um, Ron Griffiths has done a great job with Curry. Um, he's been he's got them to a very consistent standard. And mate, they were really the Cinderella story last year, and they just picked up the post by late tonight in that preliminary final. But um, mate, I'm expecting an improved performance this week from the Dogs. Um, mate, West, you know. The, the real key for them is keeping up that consistency week in, week out now, and that'll be the challenge for them and Matt Landry for the rest of the season. Yeah, certainly. Well, yeah, it's certainly interesting. You talked about depth there. I had a look through their team sheet, and uh, essentially in their, in their starting 17, they had five genuine halves. Yeah. Uh, they got Ryan Walker playing in the back row, yep. Sam Keenan playing at fullback, and Ryan Walsh, who was the starting halfback at Maitland for a lot of the year, or five back last year, is coming off the bench. Obviously, Luke Walsh uh, and O'Donnell playing in the halves. Yeah. They can attack you from anywhere on the field, but at the same time, Ryan Walker doesn't look out of place playing the second row. He's a bit undersized, and you've got probably one of the worst haircuts at the moment in, in, in the Newcastle rugby <laughs> league. It looks like a wig, surely. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, yeah. But, uh, mate, yeah, look, it's, they can just attack you from anywhere on the field. You know, it really just adds to another, another dimension. And then they've got young guys, you know. Um, yeah, they've got young guys like, you know, he's probably more of a hooker, but a Chris Knight and those sorts of guys in the lower grades, like, as you say, it's just phenomenal depth there. Chris Knight would be a first grader pretty much any other club. Oh, my absolutely. My Knighty, you know, I mean, sort of some of his ability for us would definitely you know, be pushing for the first grade spot. Mate, you've also got you know, another like I've coached in my time in, in, in Pat Mataudia as well in the second row, mate. That's a big body that's moving fast. It's very difficult to defend on. He likes to just put behind that edge there too, mate. He's attacking you through in. Mate, Western Suburbs, uh, I made a train that's going to be stopping all stations, but uh, whether we can stop them before we're in fall, though, will be another thing coming. Yeah, exactly right. It's going to be a long year for them. They were the target on their back all the way, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Maitland, they ran out 27-20 winners at uh, Maitland against Central. Uh, for me, probably the, the talking point of the season so far has been a guy by the name of Fraser Price, uh, son of Tony Price, a West legend. Yep. Uh, he's gone up to, you know, I mean, he, he had a year off from West in 2017, went and played rugby union at Merriweather. Mm. Went back to West last year, couldn't break his way through with their plethora of halves that we just talked yep. about. And they added Ryan Walsh, who's essentially been a direct squat. And his combination with uh, Tyler Perrins being under the tutelage of the great Luke Dawn has been yep. you know, pretty amazing the first two rounds. Mate, I thought he'd been outstanding for them, mate, actually. Maitland, I think, are definitely a club that are building to something. And not only the Maitland we've seen in the past where they've had you know, a bit of success and a few years of family, I think the Maitland, you know, um, 
I really get in that stage where, you know, particularly under the leadership of Frank Lawler, where they're going to be in that consistent success every year. And I think it's so important we have a strong club in that Maitland area, you know what I mean? Um, I know it's difficult because they've got so many different affiliates, you know, from a low grade standpoint as well. I know they're struggling in front of Nolans, but, mate, it's so important you have a strong pickers outfit there. Um, mate, I thought they were really good, but in saying that, though, I've also been somewhat underwhelmed by uh, the performances I've seen so far from Central. Uh, a little bit disappointed when you have a look at their roster. Um, they definitely have a roster that should be competitive on paper, but, um, mate, um, it, it's probably what I'd say it would be an ageing roster. I think that's probably fair to make that comment. And, uh, mate, you know, Central probably, you know, they'll be desperate to win next week. They certainly will. And, you know, I still think that combination of Ethan Cook after so many years playing back in the back row, moving back to 5'8", um, Bryce Kennedy still finding his feet. Another name, we talk about Price being a name. Kennedy, obviously, he's, he's uh, old man at the Knights. Mm. Uh, and then also, Cam Anderson still really taking ownership of that fullback role, but he's probably been one at best from on in the first first two rounds. So, uh, look, I think there's plenty of upside for them. Uh, discipline's certainly been a big issue for them. Uh, I watched that move, Junior Rokika or Rongita, depending on how you want to pronounce yeah. that, out to the edge last week. Yep. Um, and, look, a few times he caught himself out of the line. He shoots out every now and then, and... Uh, I, I think, you know, and, and whether it's bringing the other players alongside him to, to understand what he's doing and play with him, mm. I don't think he's doing anything too outrageous defensively, but yeah. they just need to understand how to play alongside him because he seems to be sort of doing his own thing at the moment. And he's obviously got a lot of experience. You guys had him last year. Yeah, he does, mate. Obviously, uh, obviously his time with the Melbourne Storm, obviously, he's a very, probably an aggressive defender, but I think one of the keys for, for the central outfit is to work with Junior. You know, Junior definitely sets the standard that he expects those guys around him. And, mate, um, I think he'd be a great mentor for some of those players, particularly those younger guys that are coming into that side. Um, mate, the junior, too, uh, it should be said that junior, mate, is one of the real gentlemen of the game, too, mate. Uh, just a really fantastic person. And, uh, mate, we'll, we'll never start to lose him, but um, I hope he's found a good home at Central. But uh, I think that, um, yeah, I think his best football for Central is definitely in front of him, that's for sure. Yeah, and in the final game on Sunday, we saw former South Newcastle clipboard holder Adam Betridge head home, and uh, he would... You know, he'd have a few of these games marked on the calendar, this one and the one against his uh, mentor and old friend, Matty Lantry, uh, uh, certainly circled and he walked away with the two points as Macquarie ran out winners 20-12 to 12, uh, over South. I was impressed. Macquarie out wide, big bodies. Mate, Royce Jeffrey playing on that wing. He's almost unstoppable from, you know, he's got footwork. If you, if you try and commit too hard, he can beat you with footwork. If, if you hold back on him, he'll just run over the top of you. Yeah, mate, that's, and that's a dangerous combination, that size and footwork as well. I do like Macquarie's bench to, bench as well. I think they've got great depth. Look, full credit to Adam Betrick as well. And, and uh, I've known Adam a long time, but let me tell you, I saw Adam uh, develop as a low grade coach in South Newcastle and come the way through. Right? What Adam's great, one of his greatest assets is to pick apart a team and he changes his style each week to suit the team he's coaching against. And mate, for him to rebuild that club from the position they were in last year, he would have he would have copped a lot for that uh, to where they are now. Mate, full credit to him. He's been fantastic. Mate, it makes it more difficult for me with the game coming this weekend, obviously, facing South Newcastle at home at Townsend. They've just been beaten at Townsend. Uh, that's going to make our assignment this week uh, very, very difficult. Certainly will. And uh, we might jump back a step and we'll go back to the Saturday games and have a look. We start off with the Coalfields derby. This one, you can almost throw the form, we'll get the window with this one. And uh, if there's going to be a time for Cessna not to break their duck, it's going to be at home against the Curry side. But Curry will be smarting after their loss to West. And, and you talk about the depths of West. The depth of Curry isn't to be underestimated. They've got a bloke called Sam Wooden playing reserve grade. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jerome Haynes and Gara Barker have essentially forced their hand there. They've come ahead in leaps and bounds. That, that run last year, they were, yeah. as much as Jade Porter was a superstar, you talk to Jade and he'll tell you, he was only doing captain's runs 
and game day. That's all he could do because he's ankle after surgery. Uh, he's back to full fitness this year, but he's almost taken, watching the early season games, he's almost taken a little bit of a back, st- back seat to Jerome Haynes. Jerome Haynes has sort of taken ownership of that team, which bodes really well for Curry in the future. The other thing that I've been impressed with is their edge forwards and centres, um, which I understand they're putting down to the coaching of Mick Young, who's helping out there at Curry. So this one will be uh, certainly a belter. The other one to talk about is Brendan Halad, who's in absolute red-hot form, as you guys would have seen on the weekend, and he carried them a lot. Yeah. Um, in that game against you guys. And that's exactly right, mate. I think that Brennan Vlad, you know, it's just that you just, you know, it's really a testament to his consistency because he's always been a consistent performer for that club. Mate, one of the things to remember about this match, it doesn't matter where they sit on the table. I, I can tell you that my first taste of Newcastle, I believe, was as a Curry ball went around one match all the way back in 1992, Curry versus Sestock. The first scrum went down. And that was about the entire field punched on. It was one of the great, one of the great sights, actually. Oh, brilliant. Uh, back in the Phil Williams days and Brian Robin, those guys for the Bulldogs. But um, it's definitely settled down since then. Mate, I think I'll throw out the form line a bit with this one. And saying that, though, look, I think that um, the Cessnock guys, obviously led by Brendan Hallad and their coach Todd Edwards, will definitely be looking to, to uh, atone for that loss against Lake United last week. Uh, mate, Curry, Curry, probably much on the same end as well. Mate, I'm probably going to go with the Bulldogs in this one. I just think there just might be a little bit more attacking firepower on the edges and out wide. I'm probably on the tip curry here. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Bulldogs as well. I, I came very close to tipping Cessnock. I have liked what I've seen from Halad and Wakeford, but unfortunately two players don't make a win. Uh, and Wakeford has been a good pick-up for them. But I think as they start to gel, uh, Wakeford and Callan Edwards, mm-hmm. uh, Cessnock, as you said, will become a much more dangerous side in the back end of the year. And hopefully a couple more of their big bodies can start to go with the likes of Halad and set that platform for them. The second game uh, on Saturday, also 3 o'clock, Peacock Field out there at Toronto, the Macquarie Scorpions hosting Central Newcastle. Uh, these two sides, Macquarie obviously coming off their first win, Central yet to chalk a win, but they've, they're in the arm wrestle last week against Maitland. Can they go one step further or will Macquarie, you know, led by the likes of uh, you know, those outside backs? And, it, and it's probably something for Macquarie that they're really focusing on um, in, in that they've lost quite you know, a significant amount of ball playing in with Todd Hale and Scott Briggs not being there. But they have. Um, it, it's going to be. There's going to be a fair few defenses emphasis on their halves uh, as well in this one. Okay, with the game management, particularly with some of the experience of Central. Um, look, if this one was a St John, I might actually lean towards the Butcher Boys, but given the fact that it is at Wild Peacock, mate, um, I'm probably going to go with Macquarie. Uh, and I think obviously that um, no doubt that Adam Veterans would have gone through the coach this week and um, had a look at the Central game. And I think that they'll be well prepared. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Macquarie, I think uh, Adam might look to attack them on those uh, sort of those edges, especially if they've got the bigger body second row, like someone like Junior yeah. playing there and a couple of the other guys that have been playing in the second row. Uh, look for the likes of Daniel Abraham um, and Shea Padberg to take them. Not, sorry, not Shea Padberg. Uh, Jaden Rosberg. Shea Jayden Padberg. Rosberg, yeah, yeah. Yep, got the wrong Berg there. Yep. Um, to take them on, <laughs> get those arms free and... The man that pops up anywhere and everywhere on a football field, Matt Simon, certainly does to come in and he comes in the basketball. And, and once he gets caught, he gets that basketball pass away. He hits, you know, a guy like Royce Jeffrey on the outside. And yeah, w- watch for that to be the, the, the sort of, a, a, I guess, plan of attack. Central a bit light outside. Indeed, mate. And I think I'm waiting to see the program. I think there might be a few key outs for Central. We had a few injuries last week, didn't we? Uh, there was a couple missing. So we'll see if while we're, while we're moving on to the next game, if we can jump on to. Have a look at the fixtures there. So we do move on to the Sunday fixtures. And as you said, your boys will be, um, I believe, heading out to Townsend. So it um, doesn't look like they've missed any names. So they've named the side as per last week. Central just going back a step. So uh, looking very similar. But uh, they have named an extended extended side. So we might expect to see a couple of losses there, I would think. Interesting yeah. to see who, who does go out for 
uh, Milgate and Setri, who I don't know either of them, so I can't even tell you what position they would normally play. Uh, but we'll move move on to the Lakes and Souths game out there at Towns and Oval. Uh, how, how do you go about stopping, you know, Souths? Uh, they obviously got brought down a peg last week against Macquarie, but a uh, grand final rematch at Towns and Oval. Oh, mate, look, it's it's going to be a very, very difficult one, mate. I mean, you have a look at that South side and what they're capable of, mate. And obviously, you know, that key halves pairing of uh, Kilo and um, Ryan Van will draw for them. Just that experience here in the halves. Mate, I mean, for us, we're also feeling a good side in this one as well. And, um, mate, I, I, there's a couple of guys there I get to mention too. Um, obviously, you can see that studying Cleveland McGee, mate, he's been fantastic. He impressed me last week, yeah. Mate, was, he was really good, what, mate, What's yeah. his backstory, mate? Uh, mate, I know, oh, um Missiles cut from Newcastle, and I think that um, you know he's probably short of a few games here, so he's come and joined us as well. Um, and mate, obviously, I love the effect that Daniel Peck has has had a dummy half as well. I think that also too with Pecky, he came off the bench for us last year and really brought great momentum. We're getting that start now, but we're also getting the same sort of use now. The same give that off the bench, and I love the junior at Lake United system as well. Mate, another guy too that's worth mentioning on the bench too for Lake United. Um, there's, a, there's a bloke there by the name of Jaron Costello as well, mate. Really solid defender, tackles well off both shoulders as well. And, uh, mate, he's, he's a guy to look out for, mate. Just a really consistent work rate player. He's been fantastic for us. Yeah, it's certainly be interesting. As you said, you'll have your work cut out. Um, you talk about local juniors too, mate. A young kid who I've seen come through the ranks. He's been around that patch of the ground, Belmont North and Lakes for a long time with Aaron McGrady. Uh, mate, he's, uh, is he still the cheeky little quality? He was, he's was definitely one cheeky, mate. I coached Aaron in the under-17s a few years back, and, uh, mate, he's definitely very quick-witted. Mate, it was some of the great footwork, though, from Aaron McGrady, mate. You couldn't get a, you couldn't get a hand on him inside a phone box. He's uh, unbelievable, mate. He's got that agility about him, too. Mate, he's warming to the to the 5-8 role as well. It'll be interesting to see um, the how it'll, it'll happen, obviously, for um, Coach Shepard coming up, because uh, Jack Kelly is due back. You know, probably not this week, maybe looking for the, the week after. And um, a difficult decision there you know, that'd be made because both McGrady and Birch are playing really well. I was really impressed with the kicking game in Nasperts, particularly the short kicks in behind the line there. There were a few that resulted in tries, but also he kept on the consistent pressure. And one of the keys too, mate, also with Nash Birch is, mate, you won't find a better front-on defender that's a halfback in Newcastle rugby league, mate. So uh, he's been key for us. Yeah, I was impressed with him and, and uh, I think we think we're into both of the short kicking game last week that led to some tries. So mate, absolutely. Definitely a performance from Worthington too after the, the Western Suburbs game, mate. Yeah, so as you said, you have your work cut out. South's quite strong. They've got the big bodies in Simpson and King that come at you. Then they've got absolute speed, but size as well on their edges uh, with their back row. Um, you've got um, Jake Lawrence and Daniel Martin. Both of them can play in the centres quite easily, but they're big enough too that you can throw them in the front row. So it gives you a whole new headache to defend out wide. Mate, is, uh, they're, they're, uh, their pack's got a lot of size to it as well. I think one of the keys for us, and I don't know how Shep's going to play this one, mate, is going to turn those forwards around now. And, uh, you know, from us, you know, from our perspective, you know, we've got the ability to be able to obviously stop South's momentum by putting the ball out a lot. We also have the ability to be able to play up tempo football as well, um, given the fact we've got some terrific ball runners, but also some speed, some speed there in the halves and the outside backs. So, mate, look, um, I, I, I think if I think that probably the, uh, the TOB favourite is might, might be South Newcastle, but um, I'd obviously I'll be tapping out, uh, tipping rather, Lakes United here in upset in this one. Yeah, mate, they're both rocking the Lakes colours tonight as a... Uh... You know, a few years ago, a, a former Seagull. I'll go with Lakes as well. And I'm going to tip Lakes by try, the Scottish International to score the winner. <laughs> Nick Blahey, so uh, he's the man to watch. Yeah, mate, yeah. Um, after some good experience. And it's probably something that's gone under the radar for a lot of people is that he did get that opportunity in the off-season. Mate, he did, mate. He absolutely did, mate. I think that um, he's, he's probably, you know, that experience from him has definitely, definitely helped him improve his football, mate. And that's, uh, that's probably something that should be highlighted a bit more, actually. 
Mate, he's a guy who came through. I think he started in the outside backs and he just worked his way in and he's doing a great job. He's got that spectacular moustache as well, mate. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the moustache. <laughs> I love it. Um, we see in the final game of the round, the two undefeated sides come head-to-head. The Maitland Pickers host West Rosellas at Maitland Sports Ground uh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Maitland, welcome back into their extended squad. Marco Delapina, who's come back uh, onto their bench. Uh, be interesting to see what they go with. Last week, they the late inclusion was Matt Allwood, you know, a guy with almost 20 yeah. NRL games to his credit, and he got himself his first meet by in Maitland Colours. Uh, there's plenty of uh, ex-NRL and um, even New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup experience wandering around in this game. Oh, absolutely is, mate. Uh, mate. There's some good some good sides in that. Um, there's some good names in that Maitland side as well, mate. But uh, look, again, we spoke about it earlier, that the, the experience of the Western side, every side, mate, and just uh, particularly in their attack, mate, they're just blessed with options, you know. I mean, just looking at their lineup there, I mean, you look graphic time, wage, Blake Andrews on another, mate, that makes it very, very difficult as well. Keeping going to Luke Walsh would be critical in this one as well. I'll have to tip Western Suburbs in this one. Um, yeah, mate, Maitland, they'll, they'll be there when the whips are cracking, crack, but I think that, you know, them getting a look at West will probably help them down the track here. Yeah, I certainly think so. They picked apart Central back through the middle, getting out of dummy half, and, you know, the likes of Sam Anderson running back against the grain. Something of that that nature, I don't think will work against the likes of West with their big side. You know, you've got you know all those guys that run through the middle. You've got Tafua, you've got Kupu, um, you've got Tafau coming off the bench. Uh, Matt Herman, Al Lantry. Like when you've got the experience of Al Lantry coming, Al off, the bench, coming off the bench himself. Yeah, yeah. Ben yeah. Stone as well. Matty Utira that we talked about before. Uh, that's just not going to work out. And the man to watch for me for them is Alex Langbridge. The way he gets out of dummy half just sparks a lot of their stuff. He sparked a lot of stuff down the blind, so I just taking, you know, seeing eyes up football, seeing how the numbers in the short side and going that way last week. So I think the Rosellas will probably get this one done by a couple of tries, but as you said, I think Maitland will be a lot better for getting the look. Uh, we'll wrap up, mate. We'll just fire through. We're getting pretty long in the tooth now, so we'll just jump into the Group 21 at Rugby League, and we'll just have a look at the first grade competition. I had intended to look through reserve grade as well, but probably out of time. Uh, they kicked off their competition last week, and the Scone Thoroughbreds led by a man who... I can't believe he's still running around. Well, he, I suppose he's the same age as me, but JJ Apthorpe oh, wow. uh, was a standout for Scone. Um, he was an organiser. He was a ball runner. He was doing everything for them. And they ran out winners in the grand final rematch, 28-8 to eight over Aberdeen. Uh, unfortunately, the Group 21 competition in first grade down to four teams this year. Uh, they've had Musselbrook and Greta Branks have pulled back to just reserve grade, oh, wow. which is a little disappointing to see. Yeah. And, uh, and look, I, I think, you know, pardon the pun here, but it's going to be a two-horse race between the Thoroughbreds <laughs> and the Greyhounds. Uh, but great to see Demon and Aberdeen chalking in there. And the great thing about a fourteen final series is you can probably not win a game all season and just go like a three, ga- three game run. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. Um, and in that other game, Singleton twenty six, they ran out winners over Denman Devils. Singleton recruited pretty astutely in the off season. But uh, Denman, look, they'll be up, up there and abouts too. They've got um, some pretty handy players as well. But you know, Singleton, I think they recruited the likes of. Uh, Frank Paul and Chad Redmond, so you know, add yeah. those two blokes to the side, and yeah, mate, they'd have to carry the Premiership favourites tag. Uh, we're looking at round two, though, it's um, a bit of an interesting result. As I said, Sunday afternoon, so just, just take note of this Sunday afternoon, Singleton 26, Denman 16. This week, Friday night, Denman hosts Singleton. Five days apart. How do you prepare for that one? It's, you know, it's, a, it's actually a really, really great coaching challenge where you're preparing five days later for the exact same, for the exact same thing. This one, though, obviously at Denman Oval. Um, you know, my mum is that Singleton's recruited quite strongly in the off-season. Uh, I mean, I'm not really that particularly familiar with the Denman line-up. The good facility out there now at Denman. It's a great spot there, Graham. I don't mind at all. Uh, mate, um, I think I'll probably have to take the Singleton in this one. 
Yeah, I'll be tipping the same two sides. I got the wins last week, but um, I think this this one will certainly be a bit closer. I think I both feel a bit closer actually, even though Scone are heading home. Um, but yeah, Singleton to get the win against Denman, and then Scone they host the Aberdeen Tigers. Uh, they were pretty comfortable winners last week, and uh, can, can, can that former Central Newcastle, South Newcastle boy JJ Upthorpe do the job again? Yeah, no, I think we probably expect a similar result, and, and obviously the, the precursor match as well. I think Scone will probably be too strong for Aberdeen in that one. Yeah, I certainly think that'll be the case. Uh, plenty of football on. Uh, if you do need to check out the reserve grade or any of the lower grade fixtures for the Newcastle Rugby League or for the Hunter Valley Group, group 21, just jump into Google, search them. They will come up. I think it's newcastlerugbyleague.com.au um, and maybe group21.com.au. Don't hold me that, but also all the fixtures will be on the League Castle page. Uh, I'd like to thank you, first of all, mate, for making the trek all the way up to East Maitland and uh, joining us uh, for tonight's show and um, all the best for Lakes for the rest of the year. As we touched on before, very disappointing to see uh, Ags having to, to move on due to his employment opportunities. But at the same time, you know, congratulations to him, obviously, on, on what's a, a great employment opportunity for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we wish Lyndon Shepherd all the best. And, you know, as a, a former Lakes United player, another one like yourself, mate, I've had a, had a few different clubs around. Um, you know, I really hope that Lakes are there when the whips are cracking, and I think they will be. You've certainly got the, the local juniors coming through, as you said, so it's great to see. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, uh, mate, yeah, obviously, things onwards and upwards for Lakes United, mate, in the future, so it should be fantastic. Lovely, mate. And uh, that pretty much wraps us up. Make sure you give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter, League Castle AU. Uh, rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, and uh, make sure you engage. Most of the uh, communities on the Facebook page, we've got plenty of content there. If there are clubs that want to get involved or anyone that want, one that wants to jump in, as we showed the other week with Sam Collins coming on, we will let anyone on the show. Um, <laughs> and uh, we do appreciate all the info that the clubs are sending through to us. Good luck to everyone playing this weekend. Uh, good luck to everyone supporting. Hopefully your team can win. And uh, we'll catch everyone next week. Thanks, Tony. Cheers, mate. Thank you.